Hey, this is Rabbi Zev Bennett. You're listening to the Daily Halacha, Kabbalah, and Machshava podcast, where we explore individual halachos and then try to get access to the underlying mechanics on the Machshava, Kabbalah level, how these things actually work, where uh, these things come from, and how they impact us. Uh, it's really about trying to create context and understanding of the integrated framework of Torah thought that is underneath, as opposed to just uh, being exposed to halacha in a very fragmented way where there's just a list of things to do. Here is a way for you to actually understand what these things mean, how they work, what they're for, and that is the goal and purpose of this podcast. If you want to check out more content like this, you want to get a full-fledged picture of the integrated framework of Torah that I'm referring to, you can go to yesodblocks.com where we have a lot of different things happening and uh, a lot of different series is being developed or already developed, and you can check those things out and really get a picture of what it is that we're doing and also how the Torah framework is really constructed and how it all works together. Uh, also, we put out recently an album on iTunes and Amazon called Tikkun Hayasod, which is all about using these same powerful Torah concepts. Again, it's very different than just kind of like hearing a Dvar Torah or a random halacha and then saying, oh, now I'm inspired. We're not working with that kind of paradigm at all. We're looking at understanding the Torah concepts and the entire Torah system uh, on a level of depth that is profound and that gives you access to mastery of yourself on the inside, uh, the emotional level, on the intellectual level, the thought-based level, the perceptual level so that you can actually really transform yourself and become more. And these types of tools are profoundly powerful, and that's why we decided to apply them to the dark side of the internet, because that is an area that, unfortunately, many are struggling with, and this is, uh, we think, a very, very effective set of tools. The Torah is possibly, I I would actually say definitely, the most powerful set of tools you could access to actually uh, deal with this type of problem and master it, and so that is on iTunes and Amazon, Tikkun Hayasod, or just search Zev Bannett. Both of those will bring it into your feed and you'll see it right away. So in this episode, we're going to be talking about, as I mentioned yesterday, it was kind of a teaser, uh, a very reasonably, uh, maybe unreasonably po- uh, popularly known or famously known halacha that really, uh, very often when I, when I would talk about these things or teach, somebody would raise their hand and ask a question as to why does this halacha exist and, um, and what does it mean? And that's the halacha of putting on your shoes in a certain order. You put your right shoe on first and your left shoe, then you tie your left shoe, then you tie your right shoe if you have shoes with ties. And that's in the Shulchan Aruch, it's in Simon Bey's which is where we are currently, we currently find ourselves in the series. And uh, Simon Bey's Seif Dalid, so it's section two, halacha number four, it says, Yin ol min al yamin First you should put on your right shoe, but don't tie it. Then you should put on your left shoe, the ikshirenu, and you should tie that one. And then you should go back and tie the right one. Here the Mishnah Bura also brings, uh, he mentions here, first of all, because we have found in the Torah, he says, that the right side is always more valued, more importantly. Nyan Boinyan Viregel gives a few examples from the Chumash um, about how the right, the, the right thumb and the, the right finger of the Kohen and the, and, the, and, the, uh, and the right leg, and there's all these different examples in the Chumash that, that he quotes here. Um, and so the uh, it gives another example. So like when you wash yourself, you should wash your right side. And this is actually a fairly prevalent concept that the right side is emphasized and the left side is slightly de-emphasized relative to the right side. And the question is, well, what does this mean? Like, what's this about? And does, you know, just putting on your shoes, is that an act of significance? Uh, you know, we have all these halachos. And again, when you don't learn these things, so you're just exposed to it on a superficial level and you say, oh, the, t- the halacha tells me a list of things to do. I guess I just got to mindlessly put my shoes on in a certain order. But what if there's actually not just like... Um, 
a nice little idea as to like what this means. So you can kind of like feel something while you're doing the halacha. What if we actually have, there's an underlying framework of mechanics that is actually the main event. It's the main story of what the Torah is about. And the halacha is just the external expression of that main storyline. I mean, you can think about it like, you know, in a relationship, in a marriage. So there's a lot of, of external expressions of marriage. There's actions that you do, taking out the garbage, washing dishes, uh, you know, cleaning up, all kinds of things that are really just very superficial things, but nobody would say that those things are the main things. Once your marriage is only about those things as being the main things, your marriage is now very empty feeling and boring, and it's really not what the marriage is really about. The marriage is really about the profound, multifaceted, and deep relationship that you have with your beloved. And then that 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 profound internal reality that you that two of you are constantly experiencing and building, so you use all kinds of external actions to develop that and to expand that. Um, but those external actions are not the point; they are simply the the tools that you use to get to the point. The point being a deeper and deeper and deeper experiential oneness between you and your beloved. So the same thing is true here. In other words, it's not just like a, a random uh, I, I, idea. You know, when you wash dishes, you could explain it as just saying, "Well, washing dishes like it shows that you care." That's true. It does show that you care, but that's a very, very simplistic way of describing the incredibly profound experience that we call love and that we call the oneness of a, of a, of a marriage. And so here also you could say, well, putting on the right shoe first, it just it shows a certain thing. So there's actually a whole world of mechanics here that we're going to just un unpack right now. So the, the beginning of this um, story is that you could think of it as a sort of set of tools. So there's in 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 this in this Torah framework, there's ten different tools or stages uh, that we use to create the bridge between ourselves and each other, and the bridge between ourselves and Hashem, and the bridge that Hashem uses to between Himself and us. And those those ten tools. So the the there's actually a problem they're coming to solve. So let's just articulate that problem carefully for a second. If you, as we've been describing in previous episodes already, you are an endless consciousness, what's called an shama. So you are a a an intangible self that is animating the body, is linked to the body that you have, and that's the body that you use as a tool, as a set of tools to actually manifest into the world. You need a channel to do that, right? In other words, if the world is a physical reality, and you are an intangible phenomenon called the self, so then you actually need some kind of physical tool to channel yourself into the physical reality. And that is what the body is, and the, there's also layers to the body that are increasingly intangible. The world of thought, the world of perception, the world of emotion. These are layers to the body's mechanics that are increasingly intangible when you go from the bottom up, from the physical body itself. The emotions are, are physiological, but they are definitely less tangible than the body. The world of thought is even more intangible. It's electrical impulses in the brain on the physical side, and the experience of the, of the thoughts are obviously totally intangible. And then there's the world of perception, which is actually an invisible visible set of lenses that you develop as habituated perceptions, and those are the most intangible uh, components of the body's framework. And then above that and beyond that, there's just you. And that, that you is just the neshama, the consciousness itself, which is completely intangible. We have a word for it in English, we have a word for it in Hebrew, but it's those words are really just markers pointing in the direction of something which is purely experiential, and yet it is also the most defining, it is the most significant uh, you know, aspect of you. Not only that, when you want to create a relationship with somebody else, that is the aspect that you're the most interested in. Of course, you want to hear other people's thoughts, and you want to hear their emotional issues, but that's only because you want to get to know them. You want to connect to the self that is underneath. And so that's what the, the, the neshama seeks to find other parts of itself. It seeks to bridge with and to bond with other parts of itself, which is what every neshama essentially is a shared 
aspect of a total self. So when you want to connect to other selves, you're actually trying to find parts of yourself that are embedded in those other selves. And so that's also true about Hashem. Hashem is also this, you can think of Hashem as the Anochi, the super self that we are all trying to find that is the source of our own self, that is the totality of our own self. We are a fragment, an aspect of that total self. So you're looking for the rest of you when you're seeking the self that is behind and beyond all being, that is underneath all being, kind of like the ocean of consciousness versus you, who's just a droplet of consciousness that is searching to return to that source, to the whole. So this is the, which by the way, that return concept is literally the definition of tshuva. Tshuva means to return. So that's the overarching framework of existence on the neshama level. And then there are these tools, these layers that we can use to actually create that bridge in the physical realm. So what that means is that, like I just mentioned, so you can use these layers of self that you have, the layers of tools of the body, to actually try to reach out as an intangible self across the divide that is in the physical world to create a connection between you and another self. So let's just explain a little bit like what those tools look like. So there, like I said, there's 10, we, we can quantify these into 10 distinct tools. And so obviously, um, you know, some of them are more internal. In other words, you, in order, if you want to share yourself with somebody else, you have to first kind of get a handle on yourself. You have to go inside yourself and try to figure out like, well, okay, what do I need to do uh, externally? Uh, you have to sort of think about this and consider it and analyze it. And you have to figure out, okay, so what do I need to do to actually make sure that whatever I'm going to share of myself is going to be accurately reflective of myself, right? Let's say you want to show somebody your love, so you uh, throw an egg at them. So that would obviously be a choice action that would not really reflect your love. Uh, depending on the situation, unless you have a very specific relationship where that's considered a loving gesture. But most of the time, uh, throwing an egg at somebody is not considered a loving gesture, in which case your decision to actually having examined within yourself what it is that you want to share of yourself, deciding you want to share love, and then, uh, or, which really just means share an expression of your own connection or connectability with that other person. So then throwing an egg at them would not be a good idea. So that's obviously, you know, an example of just more of the internal aspects of these tools. And I'm not going to go into too much detail of all 10 of them right now. Um, that they are known as the 10 spherot. Um, that's basically the, the term that we use for these 10 layers. Uh, and these are not mystical things. They're not like, you know, things that, that are just magic or something. These are actual phenomena that we all experience. We all use these 10 layers to actually create connections with each other. And they are, you know, that's what, there's many analogs in the world of psychology that kind of take very small uh, ideas about these things and much more simplistic, but you know, they are, they're trying to essentially articulate how we create bonds with each other because as is pretty clear to all of us, the most important part of life is also the most intangible and that is the connections that we create with each other. And so trying to figure out how we're doing that and what the nature of those connections actually is, is obviously a very, very significant area of exploration in human thought today, as it has been for centuries so and millennia. So the two, the two tools I want to just discuss now are, they're, they're called chesed and gvura. These are somewhat well-known because chesed is usually just translated as loving kindness, doing nice things for other people, and gvura is usually described as just, it means strength. But actually the word chesed means to share. In other words, chesed is where you're now trying to actually take what's inside of you, and of these 10 tools, it's when you're now at the stage where you actually want to um, begin the broadcast of whatever it is that's inside of you towards the other person. That means that, like using the example I gave before, if you want to say I love you, or you want to throw an egg, or you want to uh, get up in someone's presence, or you want to move out of somebody's way, or you want to buy somebody a gift, these are actions that express your sharing of whatever is within you. 
And Gevura is the opposite of Chesed. It means to restrain yourself. Like it says in Pirkei Avot, Ezeu Gibora Koveshet Yitzro. The person who is considered Gibor is the one who holds things inside. He basically can conquer his inclinations of creativity and actually, in a disciplined way, hold them in. So you can think of Gevura as discipline. In other words, I'm basically going to not share. I'm going to hold things back. I can control what I'm going to say. Will I will I burst out now? Will I, will I let out things that are within me? Or will I hold them in? And so Chesed, means to let things out and gvura means to hold things in and so this, when you think about why, why would chesed be called loving kindness well if you think if you think about what it means to be kind to somebody else it basically means to share with them in a certain way so they feel seen and they feel experienced as an example let's say you're sitting in in, in a seat on the bus and somebody gets on so let's say it's an elderly person so when you get up for them so now you're sharing your value your valuing of them by giving them a seat on the bus so that's you're basically letting something of yourself out towards them and they feel two things number one obviously they enjoy the practical idea that now they can sit down but that practical idea is something which is an extension of or an exp- or, or or just you know an outward expression of your own sharing of your of your caring and love for them and that's true with everything when you remember somebody's name and call them by their name that also shows that you're now sharing with them your awareness of their of their value because you were, you took the time to remember their name and to single them out so now they feel validated in their own specialness and that's really what chesed is it's where you share yourself with somebody else in a way that validates their experience of themselves as special and so you can also choose to hold that in, and sometimes you should, and that's really that's that the 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 concept of gvura actually has a very real place. For example, let's say you try to share that kind of sense of of sharing that values other people's specialness with everyone all the time. Well, at that point, what that's going to mean is that people will start to feel like you're actually not really seeing their specialness because since you're so. Uh, unconditionally giving in every way towards everyone, and there's no discernment, there's no discipline, there's no control, there's no structure to that. They start to feel like, well, if everyone is special, then maybe no one is special. And that's a really that that's an issue with people who are too giving. It starts to feel fake. It starts to feel like it's just not, it's not really giving. And so you need to actually have gavura to temper that. Another example of that is that if you you can also give in a way that's harmful. If you give to somebody who is uh, immature or 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 dangerous uh, or has very bad damaging habits so then giving to them now what it does is it empowers them to actually continue in a destructive path and so in those those situations you actually have to be disciplined and restrained in order to make sure not to activate somebody else's self-destructive tendencies and in your restraint perhaps even give them the sense that it that given their destructive patterns they are now going to be invalidated by those around them to some degree and that will help hopefully help them uh, at least in some way to begin to make the journey towards being more constructive and of course you have to be very careful with that right because if you're too restrained towards people who are destructive and you can actually make them feel like there's no point in even trying to be constructive because uh, they're just going to continue to be invalidated anyway you can go too far with the invalidation and so then you have to actually try to temper that with more chesed and actually make them feel somewhat validated but also hold things back this is incredibly important with parenting because it's very important to, on the one hand, train your children with a disciplined approach to actually being constructive. But you also, if you if you go too far with that and there's too much gvura, then they start to feel uh, less and less and less seen and they start to give up, which is literally the story of uh, Yitzchak and his two sons, Yaakov and Esav, where there was simply way too much uh, restraint in that way. And that really played out quite badly in that story. You can check that out. The entire version of that story is on yesoblocks.com in the Chumishcast if you want to get more insight into how these types of patterns play out. So... That's Chesed and Gvura. By the way, Chesed and Gvura also are the political 
uh, left and right, respectively. Chesed is the left because the idea of the left is to be more, uh, to be more uh, unbounded, unrestrained, to have less boundaries, less rules, and to 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 just to to focus heavily on loving uh, everybody unconditionally. Which is why, if you if you're more on the left, so then you're much more the the liberal approach is that things should just be very liberal, that things should be as open as possible, and you can go to the extreme, and then you can become what's called a radical left approach, which is where you say there should be no rules, there should be no boundaries, there should be no restraints, and everybody should just always be completely uh, loved, no matter what the situation. So therefore, criminals uh, don't exist. They should just everybody should be let out of jail, and and immigration should not be structured at all. Anybody should be able to go anywhere, anytime, because all people are all worthy of love. And of course, that ends up being a, fan, a fantastical approach because there are many people in the world who are uh, dangerous and who are you can't just let anybody into your home. Um, but that is essentially the uh, the approach of the left. In contrast, the approach of the right is the approach of Gvura, which says there should be rules, there should be boundaries, and there should be restraints. And and uh, you can go too far with that also, where you start saying, well, anybody who doesn't fit a certain exact categorization shouldn't be allowed into the system, should be re- should be blocked out by these very, very thick walls of boundaries, which is literally what happened in Nazi Germany, where you basically go too far to the right and say, well, we only will allow certain types of people, but everybody else is blocked out. And not only that, they are completely expendable and should be destroyed. And you'll notice that both of these approaches uh, are extraordinarily destructive, because if you have one without the other, so then too much chesed means that nothing matters and nobody matters, and, and that's exactly what drove communism in Soviet Union and in China, which led to the deaths of tens of millions of people, because nobody matters anyway. We're all just cogs in a machine, because all people are special, which means no one is special. And then if you go too far to the right, you create Nazi Germany, which is basically a place where now uh, only certain people are special, and everybody else is completely locked out and needs to be uh, tragically you know, murdered because they are not worthy of life, which is literally taking the, the Gvura side to its extreme. And so the uh, the truth oriented approach is to look at any situation and assess what you what exactly you need of each of these things and you need to have some in every situation you have to be alive here you have to be moving back and forth there's a lot of a lot of oscillation between chesed and gvura and you have to have small amounts of gvura sometimes sometimes large amounts you have to constantly make that calculation and that is exactly the the destiny of the children of, of Yisrael. Yaakov Avinu, also known as Yisrael, is supposed to be the embodiment of the balance between Chesed and Gvura, and that is our entire people is named B'nai Yisrael. We are the children of that concept. We are supposed to be the harmonizers that are that are the able to take both of these things and not be in the middle, to be to take to be above both and to use both at will. And that is what this halacha represents. The idea here is that the right side is always favored which means that we want to be always tilted towards chesed. You'll find that a lot in different writings, that we are supposed to be tilted towards chesed. Chesed should be emphasized, but it, 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 that just means it should be, there should be, instead of it being 50-50, you know, like half chesed, half gvura, if you're not sure, or just in general, you should always be more tilted towards the love and the chesed side, but not too far, just a little bit. Um, and then you have to also make sure, though, that the gvura side is prominent and properly placed. So we want to be, what we're basically saying there is that Chesed is the main thing, love is the main thing, but love without without tempering, love without restraint, is not really love. So if, if we had too much gvura, then love is no longer the main thing. So that's why we tilt towards chesed. And so here, what we're doing with these with the shoes is you're putting the right shoe on, just like you're supposed to favor the right side in general, you put the right shoe on first, 
And then, but you don't, you don't actually tie the right shoe because the concept of tying here represents the idea of restraint, the idea of locking something up, the idea of holding something in. So what we do is we put the right shoe on first because we want to emphasize that the right side is the more important side. Uh, and that means that you know, you're, when you're wearing your shoes, so you want your, your right foot is the, you know, always put the right foot forward is the same type of idea that you want to basically start with the right side, but you don't want to tie the right side because that, would, that, that doesn't accurately, accurately represent the dynamic of Gvura. So what you do is then you put the left shoe on, which is now subservient to the right. It's lesser than the right because it came second conceptually. And then, but you, on the tying level, you tie the left shoe first because the left shoe is associated with the concept of restraint of Gvura. And so then you're tying that as a representation of that, of that, of that phenomenon. And then you go back to the right shoe and you basically say, we have to tie the right shoe also because if we don't tie the right shoe, so then the right shoe can't function properly, it will fall off. In other words, if you don't have Gvura also transferring over to Chesed, then Chesed can't function properly. So you have to have that too. But we do that second, or in other words, last, to show that even though we do have that, we want to make sure that it is that it is uh, less emphasized and that chesed should be tilted and more prominent, at least, somewhat than gvura. And so that's really what this is all a reflection of. And that's why, you know, to talk about how politics is uh, infiltrating everything in the world, politics is infiltrating how you put on your shoes. But that really, it's actually the opposite. It's that the Torah truths that are out there, that are in this landscape, that have been you know, essentially pervading human society for, for forever, since, since we started to exist. These energies of sharing versus restraint, uh, of, of unconditionally loving versus disciplined rules and boundaries. So the tension between these two extremes uh, has been there forever. And today it's manifest in this right and left perspective, but that's not a new thing, which is why it's funny. You know, if you hear B'nai Israel, people, members of B'nai Israel talking about whether you're more to the right, you're more to the left, we are not to the right or to the left. We are beyond the left and the right. We are the harmony of left and right and the ability to be constantly alive and assessing every situation to see which thing it needs. Does it need more to the left? Does it need more to the right? Does it need more chesed? Does it need, does it need more gvura? And so that is a truth-oriented approach. And unfortunately, uh, the larger social uh, perspectives tend towards getting uh, ossified into a dogmatic approach where we say, well, I'm just more to the right. I'm just more to the left. I don't like this president. I don't like that president. Uh, and, and then it just becomes this very superficial, shallow perspective uh, where people just uh, gravitate towards random things that fit their prescribed, ossified worldview, as opposed to constantly assessing every situation from a place of above uh, and trying to figure out, well, in this situation, there's too much of this and we need more of that. And in that situation, there's not, not enough of this and too much of that. And that, that's really what we're supposed to do as B'nai Israel. That's really our destiny and our job to be role models and leaders in that exact way. And it's it's manifest in our in how we've been dressing for thousands of years. And also how we've been bathing and how we've been doing everything, as the Mishnah Bruder said, the right is, is emphasized. We basically have been working with this framework for thousands of years, and it's it's almost laughable to hear the discussions about left and right on a social level when we are we are like working with a framework that is incredibly advanced in comparison to that, and just uh, you know we have access to such a a huge array of thought and wisdom here, and so that's really I think uh, the main takeaway of this halacha. You really start to see how the framework operates underneath, and these halachos are simply the outward expressions. Hope you enjoyed that, and uh, check out yoursoulblocks.com. And looking forward to having you join for the next episode. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.